Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. It's uh, really coming to an end now here at the University of Rotswav. Last week I had just a presentation, which I think I mentioned in the last episode about private military firms. So my friend Boris and I gave that presentation and we'll be probably doing an episode about that topic um, in the coming weeks in February, and I also passed my development economics exam. It's um, pretty boring stuff, I guess, um, for those of you listening at home. But it's um, it's got a reputation. This course has a reputation of chewing people out um, for the final exam. Lots of people uh, traditionally maybe half of the people don't pass, um, and I think this time was no exception. A whole bunch of people that um, are in the class with me didn't pass, and they'll have to be taking it, retaking it for half points coming up this week, but I don't. I uh, somehow, um, even though economics is a big topic of interest to me, uh, somehow I didn't score that high, but uh, I don't really care as long as I passed, um, and that is what really matters. And this semester is also the first time that I've experienced a professor passing away, that which is it's kind of a weird experience. Um, we didn't actually really know him. It's, he was like 70-something, and he gave us maybe three sessions, three or four sessions as lecturer, and we always just sort of thought, man, this guy's uh, looking kind of fragile, looking kind of pale, and, and then he had all these days where uh, classes were canceled and then rescheduled, and for medical reasons, and then eventually just uh, didn't, it was just canceled uh, for for months at a time, and we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have meetings for for whole months, and uh, yeah, we just had this bad feeling that it was not gonna end up well for him. Um, so it was sort of like a gradual, um, a gradual progression. Um, he was uh, going to the, the hospital in Berlin, and we would be informed that he'd be away for a month, and then two months, and then we found out he won't be back to give um, the final grades, um, and he might be back in January, and then we found that he was been fighting cancer, and then um, just in the last week, we found out that uh, he had passed I can't say I was surprised. Uh, you have an older gentleman, and this this whole semester being being sick and uh, not fulfilling, uh, not being able to fulfill his uh, his work. Um, it's didn't hit me as hard as it, as it might have uh, felt. That I don't know. I I just feel like I I don't have such a response to uh, the passing of people. Maybe it's an emotional deficiency. Maybe it's uh, that I 
go too rationally into it. Maybe I, I, I suspect it has something to do with the teachings of, of spiritual um, readings and, and, uh, and podcasts that I listen to, where, for example, um, Ram Das, who ha had a wonderful book called Still Here about his uh, aging process and um, the coming to terms with, with aging and death. And uh, who, else, who else was it? There was um, just the, the idea that, that death is part of, of life and it's not something to be, to be feared and not a huge tragedy, more so a a logical transition to the next phase. And I guess as humans we have a very strange conception of life as this uh, this journey with a definite end, but it might not exactly be the case just because we can't communicate uh, with people who are still living after we've we've passed it doesn't mean that the journey ends there and because when there are such horrible ways that, that people can can die we might associate this with the thing itself, with, with dying itself, but that transition is not something that needs to be feared. Like you, if you're taking a, a, a road trip, for example, and you have, you have to pass through a toll, and that's a, on the road, to, to, to on the highway, taking that toll, paying that toll, might be a nuisance, it might be painful for that moment, but your trip wasn't about that. It wasn't about that painful experience. But anyway, the, I, I, how, how the fuck did I get onto this crazy tangent? Um, you know, I think I get really into a weird mode in, um, in the afternoons, right after lunch, and I have a coffee. Um, definitely I feel like I'm more stable at night <laughs> and, and in the afternoons I can get really, really loopy, um, as this, uh, this tangent reflects, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about more normal things. That was kind of crazy, wasn't it? Um, so, uh, moving on to other things here, <laughs> just, just yesterday, uh, I met a couple of, uh, people though, they'll probably be on the podcast soon. Um, uh, one who is a local, um, not a local, but he's, he's from Poland, and he goes to university here. And another guy, he, uh, so that guy, he, he's, he's lived in Taiwan for five years, so, um, we were, like, talking about, uh, Taiwan, China, and, um, and his friend joined us. He is from Taiwan, and he's been living in Poland for six years. And, uh, we were all having a good time at a cafe, and we went to go get food, and they introduced me to this place. Um, it's uh, this this restaurant. It's called Hong Kong Restaurant here in Wrocław, and it's the. I just had given up hope that there was any good 
um, Asian food here in in Bratislav. Uh, perhaps somewhere else in Poland it would exist, but I certainly sort of gave up hope here in Wrocław that, that it was a possibility because, I mean, I've heard that there's good Japanese food and Korean food here. Um, I should go check those out, but um, I usually go for Chinese and Vietnamese, uh, and the, I, it's just not something I've, I've found so far. Um, that Usually what these, uh, they're sort of like Asian-style restaurants, and they're run by Vietnamese people, and they're sort of, they offer an approximation of what uh, Asian food, so like Vietnamese, Thai, Chinese food, they, they offer an approximation of these things that aren't any, they don't really have any sort of uh, culinary depth and character to them. They're sort of devoid of any anything special. Like, they, they taste all right. Like, if I made it, I'd be proud of it. But I'm going to a restaurant with a certain... Um, if you say you're a Chinese restaurant or a Vietnamese restaurant, you carry a, a heritage with that uh, with that offer, and if it's not there, it's just it's kind of it's disappointing, and it's not really what I'm looking for. Um, but we went to this place, and uh, as soon as I walked in, as soon as I walked in, I had uh, I, the smell. I knew it was real. You you, you combine that smell with the uh, of, uh, of of Chinese cooking that's coming right through like, <laughs> into your clothes that's when you know it's real and then it uh, coupled with the aesthetic of the restaurant it looked like Chinese restaurants that my parents uh, took me to when I was a kid uh, and um, and I looked at the menu and I, it was all correct everything was there um, Broccoli chicken, broccoli beef, kung pao chicken. I mean, these. I mean, these are things that are developed for the for the Western taste. But when I go to a Chinese restaurant, these are things that should be the basics that are offered, and uh, and they have the. So surprised to know that you could get the Peking duck. You got to be there. You got to call, tell them, a day in advance. But they have it, and uh, and to me, what was special was mapo tofu. So it's a. Uh, this uh, spicy tofu, um, spicy tofu dish that is one of my favorites. My mom makes it. Um, I think she makes she makes it quite differently than how it is traditionally made. Um, it doesn't have as much that um, that numbing Sichuan peppercorn uh, aromatic to it. But uh, to me, it's the it's my favorite because it just it tastes like tastes like home, and it's her style, sort of the Taiwanese style, and not so much the Sichuan province style. But both are very special to me. I went this past spring to Sichuan, China, and had um, in in Chengdu the uh, allegedly the the first uh, the first place that. Uh, came up with mapo tofu and it was a spiritual experience this wasn't quite that but it did uh, it did it correct enough that I had a really good time and will probably be back probably be back to get that um, dish it uh, it always brings me good memories and uh, just in itself tastes good the way it is uh, this has been a really 
this intro has been really too long, um, but so I hope it's not been too boring to follow me through my strange thoughts. Uh, but uh, we're going to go into this week's episode now. It's with my friend Tawanda from Zimbabwe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fun Boat Diplomacy podcast. I'm here today with Tawanda Munuki from Zimbabwe. Welcome. Thank you, Amin. Uh, my name is Tawanda Munyuki, and I come from Zimbabwe. Uh, I've lived in Zimbabwe for the past 28 years. And yeah, I've seen all of it happen mm. uh, from the downfall of our currency, uh, the economy going down, and politics uh, going up and... Uh, when you say going up, you mean re- recently? Yeah, yeah recently. Okay. Recently and uh, previously as well. I mean, things things have been... Okay, the whole country was actually in shambles. Yeah, this was this is why I was really interested in having you on, because this was like a month ago, or three yes. weeks? Four, uh, how, how long ago was this? What was the date that... Uh, we're going to give a little bit of pre- a preview, and I want to go back to All the right. history to see okay, no, great. Uh, where this came um, from. But when did this uh, current... The most recent news. Events. Uh, okay. Well, right. When did that happen? Uh, I think it was on the 11th or 12th of November, so which is almost a month, yeah, a month yeah. ago. Yeah. So uh, just very briefly, uh, what is the situation? And then we're going to go back because I, I don't know anything. Okay. So we're going to go back to like as far as we can and then bring it back to, to this current situation. As you said, you there's the currency situation that um, we read about all the time in yeah. economics books. Like, this is what can happen. Like, yeah. worst case scenario. And then just last week, something happened. What was it that happened last week? All right. Um, the whole nation of Zimbabwe had to gather up, unite, and then had to protest against uh, the current government that was uh, ruling Zimbabwe, which was Sano PF. Uh, which means Zimbabwe uh, National National Patriotic Front. Yeah, uh, this is the government or the the ruling party that uh, gave Zimbabwe liberation uh, from the colonialists, and this government has been in power like for the past 37 years since from 1980 up until 2017 up until probably the 11th of november mm-hmm. when the whole <laughs> when 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 everything just erupted uh, yeah. when the people say no enough is enough we are mm-hmm. fed up with uh, this government or we actually fed up with this president because he has taken the country down down uh, into shambles mm-hmm. uh, economically and 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 uh, politically socially everything was just in a mess so, so how far do we have to go back to trace uh so we know that in after the second world war is when the um the former colonies of many of these large european western nations started having their independence mm-hmm. uh is so 
for Zimbabwe, who was the uh, colonialist? Okay, the, uh, the colonialists were the British. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure exactly when they uh, colonized Zimbabwe. I'm, but that's memory, okay. Yeah, so what's, what's relevant to us is when they became independent, right? Okay, yeah. Zimbabwe actually became independent uh, in 1980 after liberation struggles. Only in 1980? Yes, in 1980. So up until 1980, it was what, part of Great Britain? Yes. What? <laughs> because we learn all of, always about like the 50s, 60s, like uh, no. maybe even the 70s, but I'm, I didn't know it was the 80s that yeah. Zimbabwe finally got Zimbabwe independence. Zimbabwe finally got independence uh, in 1980 and we had to fight some uh, liberation struggles, which we called uh, Chimurenga which means, uh, it's a Shona word, which means up in arms for liberation. Mm -hmm. So we had to fight two Chimurunga wars with uh, our previous colonialists, which is Britain. And finally, on the 18th of um, April in 1980, that's when we got independence. And it was through ZANU-PF, uh, the ruling party. Right that uh, got us to have independence as a country. Yeah, and what was what was the condition of, so after the Second World War, still under British rule, um, did uh, people from Zimbabwe fight in the Second World War? Were they part of the British mm. fighting force, or were they just left alone? Or No, I don't think they were much involved into the Second World War. Mm. Um, since it's actually right down in Africa, I don't think there was much participation in the World War. Probably there could be, but I'm, I'm, I'm it's not, not major. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's not major. Yeah. And then between 1945 and then 1980, what was the conditions under British rule? Yeah. Well, there was actually quite a lot that was happening uh, from segregation by the British forces uh, or the British rule. Black people were not allowed to walk in town uh like in our capital city harare there is a street called the first street no black person was supposed to walk in the first street you would walk probably in the peripheries of town mm -hmm. so there was quite a lot of segregation whereby uh people were also staying uh like black people they were not mixed with whites they had to uh, create, the, the British had to create some camps where all the black people would live and where the white people would live. So they, there was racial discrimination, right. segregation and torture and yeah. It reminds, of, it reminds us of the experience of South Africa, which is more, it's more known in the world. Yes, in, yes, in yes, apartheid, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So this it was can, the case. It, it can be, yeah, it can be compared to, to apartheid but uh, I guess apartheid was much more way too brutal than um, our colonial history. Yeah. And was it a war? There was a war of independence. Yes, yes, yes. Because um, I've never heard of it. I know. That, I mean, in the eighties, when I think about Britain, I, I can only think of the Falkland Islands War um, with Argentina. Mm -hmm. But I've, like, like I said, I don't know anything about Zimbabwe. I didn't know that they got independence in nineteen eighty and uh, that there was a war there, I guess, uh, with Britain, right? Yeah, yeah, with Britain. So uh, how, what was the nature of that? What do you... 
Okay, um, from what I remember, my history is not <laughs> very good. But anyway, uh, from what I remember, um, I think in during the 1960s, that's when uh, our first Chimurenga started, uh, our first liberation struggle started, fighting against the British, for British forces. And... Um, we did not succeed on that first um, liberation struggle because the British had uh, much more technical and mechanical power in, in the sense of guns and uh, all those um, military weapons that we didn't have because uh, we were still using spears and arrows and, you know, Shields, <laughs> in the 80s. yeah, primitive. Uh, no, not in the eighties. Yeah, sixties, sixties. Yeah. Yes, and then um, later on, we later on, I think in the seventies, that's when we went to war again with the with the British, and then we also had support from countries like Mozambique, um, Zambia. Malawi, yeah, and Rwanda, Uganda to fight uh, the colonialists. And then that's when we uh, ultimately won the, the war. But of course, um, through settlement and, 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 and uh, peace accords that, that had to be signed. And the leader of the liberation struggle was President Robert Mugabe. The one, the president, okay, our former president now is the one who was uh, dethroned. Yes, yes, yeah. the one who was dethroned about a month ago. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was the one who was leading the, the whole uh, liberation struggle and he was the perfect candidate to be the president of, of, of the country at that time. He's the only president. So far, yes, he he was the only president. <laughs> now, now he's yeah, no yeah. longer the president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did he did he just he emerged from this uh, this movement before? What was what was his yes, background? He, he actually emerged um, from this movement because he is a guy that got educated by the British and. Um, he was here in Europe, in London, if I'm not mistaken. That's where he did his um, tertiary education as well as um, masters and, 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 and PhDs and all. So he was very bright and he knew how to lead people. He's, he was born a natural leader and charismatic, you know. So... After the struggle, the ruling party, uh, which is ZANU-PF, had to elect a president, and the best candidate was President Robert Mugabe. Mm -hmm. So that's how he got into power. And when we got independence in 1980, he brought good uh, reform policies. And from there, Everyone praised Robert Mugabe, his uh, policies, his um, 
tactics and uh, diplomacies that uh, he was using. What was the nature of his policies? He brought quite a lot of um, positive and uh, supportive policies to the black people since we were under this colonial rule uh, we never had privileges as black people you know like what i was saying that uh, there was quite a lot of segregation so that was all removed um, health policies health was for free uh, education was for free and mind you zimbabwe is one of the uh, african countries that is the best education that you can compare to uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. It's got it's got it's got good education system. So yeah, he he brought quite a lot of uh, tremendous changes um, that favor the black people and uh, black empowerment policies as well, whereby black people. Uh, be owners of businesses, mines, industries, and, and, and all of that. But yeah, it, it, it was good because at one point uh, we had the British pound, um, the exchange rate of the British pound and the Zimbabwean dollar was 1 as to 1. That was Whoa. around... What was in the 80s? Yeah, in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> so, he, so we were on par. So we were on par with the British pound. How was that? How did that happen? Do you, how much do you know about the monetary policy of Zimbabwe? Um, at the time? I wasn't born at that time, no but I didn't. Yeah, I, and I didn't actually research. I'm on, curious on that. how that how that came about because uh, the pound has always been strong. Yeah, yeah, the pound has always been strong. But at 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 one one point, I think it was 1981. Uh, that's when we had the. The, the British pound on par with our Zimbabwean dollar. Yeah. And so do you know if purchasing power was like if you were to buy like a loaf of bread and Yeah, it, it was just just the same. So like lot, literally the same. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? I don't care. <laughs> that's something that's really interesting to me. Yeah, you it could, was literally... that you could have a currency that's as strong as, as the pound the and then pound. at some point just the most disastrous monetary policy in the same country. So when was when did that happen? This the uh, this uh, hyperinflation as we as we all learn about in economics class. Like when okay. did, when did that happen to, to Zimbabwe? How did that happen? And all right, um, okay. Let me just continue with the history a little bit oh, sure. so that yeah, we, can, yeah. we can we can get, get to that point. Get yeah. to that point. Yeah. So uh, from the eighties, we had quite a lot of good policies that were supporting and uh, developing the nation. Um, and then uh, the early 90s, um, I think 1991 or 1992. This would be shortly after you were born, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Then that's when we started having changes now uh, in terms of uh, the president's policies and 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 uh, his um, rulings. So we had quite a lot of um, changes in policies whereby he introduced um, black ownership 
which would account for uh, more than 51% if more than 51% of ownership to a black person if there is probably a, a, a joint or how can I say it uh, if there is probably a, a major let's say there is foreign uh, investors if they want to invest in Zimbabwe they would major with a black person or probably a black owned company but then the black owned uh, company was supposed to have shares of 51% of the operations okay. and the profits mm -hmm. whilst the investor would get 49 so at that moment now there were disparities whereby a lot of investors then withdrew right. from investing into Zimbabwe. And those that were still there were now operating at, 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 at uh, lower profits. Lower, lower profits you know? lower, lower, yeah, because, <laughs> because the, the, there wasn't any return mm -hmm. in, in terms of profits. And this was in the late 80s? No, that was, this was uh, early, 90s. early 90s, yeah, around 1995. That's a crazy uh, policy. Yeah, that was that was a crazy policy, <laughs> and, and this is what actually brought Zimbabwe down, and um, like the economy of Zimbabwe to 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 fall drastically. This is one of the major policies that was implemented that made the downfall of the economy. How uh, how economy was the what was the market like in the 80s then was it more free did was there some, some kind of policy because this is a this is a crazy policy when i think about it it's it's uh it's a racial di racially divided uh not like merit divided uh shares or how much you buy of, of a company or how much you you make an agreement to have to, um ownership of a company it's literally racially divided i don't know how that would work um but it's it's crazy that a state would make a policy to to divide shares of a company along racial lines. Uh, like, there's a lot of like crazy race things that yeah, happen yeah, yeah, in, in America, you, but like, you can, but this is this is really yeah. You, I, th I think you, you you can attribute it to to uh, that racial discrimination mm -hmm. because uh, with President Mugabe. He, his policies were to say that uh, we are no longer a colony of Britain and we don't need any assistance from Britain for us to develop. So we can do it on our own. He said that you're in or you're out. Mm. That was his, his philosophy probably. But even I in the eighties, like no, there... in, in the in the eighties, the uh, there was um, cooperation as yeah. well as uh, collaboration. So with... people were coming to invest, yes, start yes. businesses and things. Yes, in yes, the, yes. In the there, there quite a lot of investments, quite a lot of industry boomed in Zimbabwe, and the agricultural sector as well is one of the backbone of the economy. Uh, there was there was actually quite a lot of investment in in, in agriculture. So there's, so there's high, uh, let's say, if we're going back to our terms, high economic growth and also high development as yes, well yes, yes, in the yes. 80s. Uh, yes, okay. yes, 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 we can say that. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, uh, with these policies now, 
In the 90s. In the 90s. That's when the, the, the economy started shaking and quite a lot of investors withdrew from Zimbabwe. And uh, after quite a lot of investors withdrew, then the country was hit by corruption like the rest of African countries, uh, which is, uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a viral disease that uh, has hit most, of, most parts of the world anyway. Yeah, the developing world. Yeah, the developing world. For, yes. sure the, for sure the developed world, but the developing world, yes. it's... it's the, I, I'll have to ask you about Zimbabwe's example, but the, mm -hmm. the idea of uh, foreign investment, foreign aid, uh, where that money goes... That's yeah. where corruption starts That's to true. really, you have this like top layer and it's, it comes and just sort of stays there, which um, I heard, I've read a quote the other day. It's okay. um, <clears throat> foreign aid uh, is taking from uh, poor people in developed countries and giving it to rich people, rich in, people developing in developing countries, countries which right. is true, which is true. I, yeah. I, I agree to that. So what, what is, what is Zimbabwe's um, experience with foreign aid? Um, is this something that was came through in the eighties already, or is it in the nineties? And and how does how did it did it go down to the people who need it, or did it just stay up on the top? Okay, yeah, in the in the eighties, foreign aid uh, started to be there from the eighties, and uh, during the eighties, there was actually a transparency. There was no corruption, or probably there was, but it was not visible. Hmm. But then after now introducing uh, this indigenization policies, indigenization policies and black empowerment and black ownership, that's when now, uh, that's when we got foreign aid just lying on top with the rich mm. and it could just trickle. Okay, it was just... Uh, probably a small amount that was uh, being used to, to, to develop uh, the nation. So you can actually see that um, because of greediness and, and, and uh, how can I say this? Um, wanting to, 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 to retain power uh, as a government, the ZANU-PF government, they now had to use um, those funds for campaigning right. instead of probably building a road or constructing a road or infrastructure. They will not use that fun those funds, let's say, if they come in for, for productive for, use. Yes, for productive use. They will probably channel it now to their campaigns. Wouldn't, so that they can stay in power, you know? Wouldn't you think that uh, if, let's say, given that you, they, uh, they have these funds as the, as the uh, ruling government, wouldn't they, if you spend that on productive use, like infrastructure or helping to develop agriculture or industries, wouldn't that automatically be a way to show people that they should vote for you? Do they not uh, think this way? I, I think it's hard for me to politics, say yes, yes, because, po because I'm not a politician. In, yeah, poli politics in Africa cannot be compared to 
uh, politics in developed countries, probably in Europe or the US. In Africa, um, it's quite different in the sense that in as much as the country uh, might budget to improve the infrastructure or to improve the agricultural sector, for example, it will not be seen as, uh, as an achievement by the society. So there is quite a lot of propaganda okay. that is going on in Africa. And that's the way by yes. money on <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. You see, you, do, do, you, do you get what I'm what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, if if it's just development, the people or probably uh, the rulers who probably try and portray portray that as one of their policies that they were doing, you know, or one of their um. Like yeah, I can, I can say story. Yeah, yeah, like just one of the success stories yeah. to say, okay, uh, we were planning to build a road or to uh, build a dam for hydroelectric energy. Then we have done that. So we have achieved it. It's just one of, uh, it was in part of our plans. But then now when it comes as foreign aid, it's money that you have never worked for. <laughs> That's one thing for sure. Right. And then to develop or to, yeah, to develop some infrastructure now, it would mean that uh, there will be quite a lot of uh, things that you need to take into account for that development to take place. So now they would probably just use minimal funds just to start the project. Let's say if they are building a road or trying to construct a road, they would probably um, maybe just put uh, some tar for about one kilometer and then... Maybe take a picture. And yeah, then... and then take a picture and, <laughs> and probably you would have used just only less a quarter or less le or just a tenth of, of, of the... So for the politician, for, it's, yes. it's, um, it's, it's actually more... Uh, smarter to make propaganda with that money, with that money instead you know? of doing something. That's yes, real. yes, yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. so. So that, that was the situation in in, in Zimbabwe. Whereby now, uh, after probably let's say uh, constructing that one kilometer of of tar road, then the next election will probably be in two years. Then that project will stand still for the next two years. Just before the election, or probably six months before the election, then you start <laughs> constructing that road again to say, okay, the government didn't have money, but I, <laughs> I'm as the president, time. yes, as the president, I'm now <laughs> injecting my own funds right. into, into this project so that this project can go, you know? Yeah. So trying to create that, uh, that kind of, of, of mm. propaganda into people gotcha. and... Uh, at that moment as well, uh, people were now losing jobs. Huh? When when the investors withdrew from Zimbabwe, people started losing quite a lot of jobs, and people became unemployed. And uh, yeah, the economy was just in in, in shambles. Um, food you couldn't actually get food in stores. Huh? It was ridiculous. Huh? You couldn't you couldn't go and buy bread because there was no bread. 
in the store. Like what what so, happened? So like they, the, this policy came, all the investors, all the business, foreign businesses, left withdrew. Yes. And uh, so what so, happened to product? Was was let's for, say for example agriculture? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Was that really heavily tied to these uh, foreign companies? Is that why food yes. just stops being produced? Yes, yes, they were they were heavily tied because he also introduced um, a policy which was called I think it was in the early two uh, yeah. 2000, around 2000, 2001, mm -hmm. uh, this was called um, the Land Reform Program. Mm -hmm. This was the worst killer. I think this was the, 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 the <laughs> missile that blew up everything. That's when the economy totally went down, mm -hmm. down the drain. So this Land Reform Program was aimed at removing or taking land from the white owners or from the colonialists who were sustaining the economy anyway uh taking land away from them and giving the land to black people like the comrades that that fought during the liberation struggle did mugabe have some sort of marxist background because this is yeah this was yeah. much more of a communist yeah. background yeah yeah because this I, I, is the traditional problem of marxism is yeah. is taking from people who they're like the means of production seizing the means of production but they never it's like they never think about why do they own the means of production? It's because they know how to they fucking know how to, use it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the honest truth. Yeah, so, yeah. So did he have? A, did he learn Marxism? Is that he has a background in Marxism? It seems. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm really sure that, I'm pretty sure that okay, uh, this so was a Marx. He um, does this land reform and gives it to people. Maybe they don't have the most um, efficient, efficient use of this. Use, yeah. True, that, that was the biggest challenge that happened. The, uh, you cannot uh, probably take uh, an accountant, let's say an accountant is working in, in, in a bank, and then you will say, no, uh, I've got a cousin of mine who can calculate, who can do calculations and maths. I think he's good. I, we can take your position. We can, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, just because you're white yeah because yeah <laughs> we can we can take you out of out of that position yeah. as an accountant and bring probably someone who can just do basic arithmetics you know no, yeah if you do it, that it would be total total like, disaster imagine if okay best case scenario imagine that everyone who was replacing the these people was good at that job you still need to transition from this person to this person and even if they can do the job just as well. There is a moment of change that happens yeah. that you have to yeah. get used to this job environment, yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah. Now imagine that on the societal level, it's that's a disaster. You're gonna it, have it was just and, a disaster. And then in addition to this, um, this uh, policy of having uh, black ownership of this much, just every all this ownership of business based on racial lines, mm -hmm. you have that at the same time. So. All the businesses are leaving, and at the same time, you want to replace it with Wait, people who definitely, who definitely, definitely don't do know, not know as much how as to. Those yes, people. yes, yes. So that was where the biggest challenge was. So most of the white farmers were um, in the agricultural industry had to leave the country, and then the farms were now run by 
black people who did not even have any knowledge of how to farm or how to do any agricultural business, you know? Yeah. So this was, I think, one of the biggest turning points where, oh, okay, one of the biggest downfalls of, of, of the policies of Mugabe. And uh, we had a decade of starvation we now needed uh, foreign foreign aid in terms of food, not not just uh, funds in terms food of food. Just yes, basics. just yeah, yeah, just the basics. Eh? Mm -hmm. So it 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 it's, it was really a, a massive downfall for for the country and the economy as well. It couldn't sustain the little that was being produced by those black farmers. Uh, was just so insignificant to, to, to the economy because they, it, it was actually pro, uh, production of uh, the principle of hand to mouth, yeah. you know, or you probably feed just a society, yeah. not There's like no the whole. Yeah. yeah. Um, so without surpluses, you have just a high price for food. And yeah. Then, um, you can't export, for example. So was foreign aid at that time coming in as the form of just food as well? Like yes, yes, yes. We we had foreign aid uh, in form of food, mm. um, like the basics. The basics you would get uh, some maize, yeah. um, cooking oil, probably bulga wheat, and uh, yeah, just those 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 basics and, for and for people to 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 survive. And in the eighties, <coughs> were, were people just living well? Yeah, it, <laughs> everything was just going upright in the eighties, yeah. and then in the nineties, you have to have foreign aid to bring in basic br uh, carbohydrates and just to eat. Just to eat, yeah, that's true, incredible. And you grew up at this time. Yeah, that's that's the time when I grew up. And what so was that experience? I, I actually experienced all of it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I experienced. Uh, yeah, tell me about yeah. that growing up in, in Zimbabwe, <laughs> especially during this time, which is it's crazy to me because I. I don't know, for me, growing up in the U.S., there's no shortages. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but how, how was it? So, um, I think at that point, I didn't understand politics, uh, but it was difficult because um, after the, the withdrawal of companies and these new policies that were introduced, the land reform policies, um, we had quite a lot of shortages in terms of industry, there was no production in industries as well. So it was really difficult even for importing uh, fuel like um, oil, gas, petrol. It was very difficult for the country um, and for, for the nation as well because at some point uh, they will probably announce on the radio to say, or on the news, to say that um, there are shortages of fuel, so people are not expected to go to work because there won't be any cars mm. moving around, no buses, no nothing. You understand? So sometimes, yeah, I think at that age, uh, at that time I was uh, around 13 or 14, in, in around 2000, eh? um, yes. the 2000s. So sometimes I could not go to school 
because they, they, there wasn't any transport to go to school. And going to, to the store to buy bread, it was pointless because probably you could, you could queue for, for bread and bread would probably be produced by maybe just one, one producer, like for example, in my, in my, in my uh, town, uh, there could only be one uh, bakery that's just producing bread. So one bakery couldn't uh, be sufficient for more than probably five million people. <laughs> that was like in your area, five yeah, million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one bakery. <laughs> yeah, you understand. <laughs> oh you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so you could probably queue for bread. Uh, you could be on number 100. To, just to buy a loaf of bread. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> so yeah, we, we've, been, we've been yeah. So we've been through quite a lot of tough times, and then um, so what like day, when, day to day, what, like you, you you go to your parents and you're like, okay, what's there to eat? What do they say? What happens? There's just maybe nothing to eat today. Well, of course, um, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I slept on a hungry stomach, but you know, parents are always there to to support, and you know, even if survival is is, is very hard and tough, uh, you always have probably some uh, supplement, uh, or how can I say it? Um, the next best food that you could give your your children, you know. So, yeah, people now then started going outside the country uh, to look for better opportunities so that they could send some food back at home. Like we had to go to the neighboring countries and, and, and uh, work there, you send some food home, you know. So that was uh, what transpired then. So that's why, but there are some other people that, that that uh, could go probably for days without without a meal, but I, it was fortunate enough for me that uh, I did not. I never slept on a on a on a on a hungry stomach. Of course, it was the, the the quantity was limited, but at least I had something to eat in my plate, you know. But for most parts of the country, there are some other people that were now. Uh, surviving on tree leaves because there was totally nothing to eat and you couldn't afford you didn't one you didn't have the money because uh, there was now inflation uh, hyperinflation actually uh, there was hyperinflation what was the, there was what was the food nature the of that hyperinflation because I we read about it all as I said in the um, economics books so what happened did they just print money to do like what was it to pay down debts or i'm not exactly sure what the situation was because they did i think what they did was print a whole lot of money the state printed the central bank printed a whole bunch of money i'm not exactly sure why but then you can't buy anything with this worthless paper because what you when if you're holding the currency and they print a bunch of money then, then your 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 currency, your what you hold in cash is devalued. Yes, yes, that's yeah, that's the same concept that you, that that you that you're saying. Um, our currency was devalued 
because of uh, all these economic reasons um, behind it, um, I'm not really sure now um, why there was uh, that hyperinflation. Uh, I didn't do much research on that, but well, anyway, I'll, I'll just tell you the experience, mm -hmm. the experience of it. Um, so this then started, uh, this inflation started in, in the early, late 90s to 2000, whereby the government introduced new notes into the monetary system. Uh, we started having our highest den denomination was a uh, hundred dollars, which could uh, buy quite a okay. The purchasing power of of hundred dollars was actually valuable, and you could uh, survive probably on a hundred dollars for a month. But then, uh, early two thousand, they introduced a two hundred dollar note. Within a year, they introduced the five hundred dollar note. Mm -hmm. Within, I think, a couple of months, they introduced um, one thousand dollar note, and then from there, that's when things actually started getting bad. I think I think it was now around two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Because, yeah, what they were claiming is to say that uh, the government is owing money to the IMF and the World Bank. So they are trying to clear that debt. It also says so, here that uh, the Mugabe government was printing money to finance involvement in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, the, I guess military? It, it in could the be. the Second Congo War in 2000. It could be. And then including higher salaries army and government officials so in addition to to uh, in international organizations they're paying off uh, war yeah 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 and, it's, uh, it's 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 yeah it, it could be true it could be true because he was also involved uh, in, in the DRC war because um, from what I know I'm not I'm not 100% sure but uh, from speculation they say that he owns a diamond mine in, in Congo in DRC, so he was protecting his interests in anyway. mm. So that's where now the economy went into shambles because of someone's greediness and right. and, 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 this and is the, the, this corrupt is the, behavior. I always will come back to it that the, <laughs> the, the, the war is the health of the state. Mm. And even if Mugabe, in his crazy Marxist background, wanted to do the good for the people of Zimbabwe, he had this greed yeah. and this uh, willingness to fund a foreign war in the, another part of Africa. And who's paying for it? It's all the people who have nothing to eat. Like, this true, is the, true. It, this, this, yeah. It's always like, and it says here, the largest denomination of a Zimbabwean banknote is, how many zeros is this one? Okay, so I think it was, it went to... A hundred trillion? Is that what it is? Not, not trillion. Uh, I was actually coming, coming, coming to that. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's a lot of zeros. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not trillion. I went to <laughs> what you have never had before in your life, uh, yeah. pentillion. Have you ever had? <laughs> pentillion? I don't know. I, I didn't even know that. I couldn't count this... that high. <laughs> 
so yeah, from 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 there, then the gov uh, the central bank started uh, printing out uh, notes, mm -hmm. and uh, it went from a thousand to two thousand, ten thousand, uh, twenty thousand oh, <laughs> dollar notes. Oh, yeah, man. all the way to one million. Then from one million up until one billion. Uh huh. SSR, they have one hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> then it went to one billion, man. Can you imagine? And at some point, you know, me and my cousins, we used to. I like having fun, and you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were joking the other day, saying that uh, when we were looking at at, at these uh, knots, uh, I think sometime last year. We were saying to each other, do you still remember that uh, this $20 billion note, huh? you could not even get into a bus, huh? you could not <laughs> use it for, for transport just to get into town, huh? like going onto the tram. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't. You, you, you cannot. <laughs> it's just valueless paper, you know? Yeah, was, it, was it possible uh, during the, I mean, it, it was already at that point so devalued, but was it possible in the same day for it to be devalued? Yes, yes, yes. This it's, is hyperinflation. It's yes. the same day, was, same hour, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what was happening. So what could happen probably, let's say now you, you've got one trillion, one trillion uh, dollar note. Then you go to work in the morning, uh, probably the taxi would cost you one trillion. Then during the day, it, the, the, the currency get devalued. Then you need 10 trillion to go back home. You know, it was ridiculous, man. It, it was ridiculous. So what did that, what, how old were you, like 13, 14 at the time? Um, at that time, I think I was now around 16. That was now 2000, 2008, somewhere there, yeah. And what, oh my God, that's so recent. That was, yeah. And like, so how does that feel? You go, you, what, you have, um, you have cash in your pocket and mm -hmm. then what, you, what, how does that feel? What, what kind of economic uh, decision making goes into your mind when you're, when the money is, is, is being devalued in, within the day? Uh, I don't think there will be much more of economic reasoning there. Do you just or go and buy? You things? just go and buy things, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because you will probably buy something that you don't even want, because yeah. you know that this money is going to lose value now, yeah. like so in anything, the next five hours, huh? So you can buy curtains, you can buy, <laughs> you know, you can buy things that. That, that 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 actually do not have any purpose yeah. in your life. As long as those things are, you know, quite cheap, probably you can you can buy it. But like at my age, you know, I had to buy like windows because they're cheap at that time. <laughs> not even knowing where I'm going to put those windows or probably a door frame or yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> just because the money will just devalue in yeah. any minute. So it's a completely wrong market signaling. Yeah, yeah, it was because it's not supply and demand anymore. It's uh, there's no more logic. Yeah, there was, it's there not, was not. It's not. It's not. You're not. Society isn't consuming what they need. Mm. They're consuming something because there's no longer a value. There's no longer in the a value. trading mechanism. It's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. It was. It was really crazy. It and, was really crazy. And so there's that. That there's into all the early two thousands to two thousand eight. And at what point? Because I know I just mm -hmm. read it, and you were 
think, telling me that they uh, so just you can just use other people's currencies now. Is that? Um, there was now after um, the elections we because what was happening is we were having elections and Mugabe's uh, government was more often authoritarian government uh, dictatorship. Uh, he was actually a dictator anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we had opposition parties um, formed to try and counter uh, this dictatorship and these uh, policies. But then there were actually quite a lot of people that were beaten, some were killed because they were opposing the government and opposing the policies. But anyway, uh, in 2008, we had an election whereby the opposition actually won the elections. Uh, this opposition is called Dem Movement for Democratic Change, MDC. Uh, they won the election by a huge marginal number, but then because Mugabe could not accept this defeat, they had to rig the elections now. Mm -hmm. So they had to go for a rerun election, and then they rigged the election, and then he won. But anyway, they by this formed time a was, coalition. By this time, was he still popular? He was... No, he wasn't popular anymore. <laughs> but you couldn't do anything. Cause yeah, you couldn't do anything because he was a dictator, yeah. huh, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, at that stage, then that's when uh, there was a coalition government that was formed uh, between the ruling party and uh, the opposition. Then that's when now the opposition brought in some reforms into the economy, the monetary system, and 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 and, and all. So at that stage, I think it was around two thousand and ten. Yeah, I think around two thousand and ten. Then we started using uh, a multi-currency system, whereby we had, but the um okay the first currency that we were using was the US dollar followed by the the other currencies um like the South African rand um the Botswana pula then we also had um Chinese yuan then you could use euros as well you could use uh, the pound, uh, the British pound. So yeah, I think those, those were the seven official official currencies. But uh, those the became US, official currencies. Yes, yes, those actually became official currencies <laughs> okay. that we could use to to go and buy bread or milk or anything yeah, that you want. So, so here they stopped printing in two thousand eight or nine. Yeah, like yeah, that. somewhere they. And uh, and it said that they are going to. Um, they're going to completely switch to the United States dollar. Mm -hmm. Has that happened? Yeah, yeah, it it happened. We yeah, we used the the the, the US dollar for almost yeah from two thousand I think two thousand fifteen. So, huh? so two thousand fifteen completely switched to the United States dollar. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, we completely switched to to the United States dollar. But um, yeah, you could use all these currencies interchangeably probably when you go to the store with 
uh, a euro, probably 20 euros. You probably get your change in US dollars, <laughs> in rands, in pula, in, you know, yeah, yeah. all these other currencies that you had. So that, 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 that were introduced into, into the economy. But it actually helped quite a lot uh, in the sense that uh, things were now available in the stores like um, groceries, food and all. Because there's now a supply of yeah, there was a now stable a supply. currency and yes. a demand for the stable currency. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so when when you go to work, for example, how do you get paid? You will get paid in U.S. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, when, when you go to work, you would... Okay, the U.S. dollar was the, like the official currency. From like... Oh, currency, like yeah. 2009, 10-ish. Yeah, yeah, currency one. Yeah, huh? that's, that's when you... That's where you get paid in. In, in, in US dollars. So how do but, people get like yuan and how do people get pounds? Like, where okay. does that come along? What was now happening is it will be plastic money. Huh? You just get paid into your account. Yes. Probably when you go to the ATM now, it depends with the bank, what what, whatever, you. yeah, <laughs> whatever they've got. Oh <laughs> if they've got pounds, then... It's like today it's pounds. Yeah, <laughs> then you're just going to withdraw some pounds. Okay. <laughs> if it's got South African runs, it will, <laughs> you withdraw... Uh, but you can, runs. it's stable enough that you take you take that safely and then you go buy things. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. It was, it was, it was, it was stable in that it's way. It's like a different, and <laughs> it's <then> so different. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. And then we changed the um, uh, currency to officially use the US dollar only. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that was around 2015. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, things were working well. Um, of course, the coalition government had dissolved, but um, yeah, it, it was actually much better in terms of uh, the economy and as, as well as um, the well-being of of, of of the society as a whole uh, it was it was much better huh? right yes. uh, than than where we were coming from you know right. then um, in 2016 because of power hunger and greediness now again they now had to introduce uh another paper note into the system this is Zimbabwean paper note huh? they called it bond bond notes but they brought it they brought back another, they brought back yeah another currency another yeah. another currency like a Zimbabwean uh version of version it. of the dollar um what so was now this, what was the what was the okay so I know the US dollar and the euro are fiat currencies meaning yeah. they're just they don't wrote their paper. Yeah, yeah. Is this also a fiat currency? There's no yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah, yeah. So it was just a fiat currency. <laughs> okay. Because now, now what they wanted to do now is to get all the U.S. dollars that were circulating within the economy mm -hmm. and probably invest them in something else. Right. Whilst they introduce paper. <laughs> yeah, fiat paper huh? <laughs> <laughs> or useless paper. So yeah, um... at least you know it's useless. A lot of Americans <laughs> don't know that U.S. dollars are, are fiat currency. <laughs> at least you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, of course, of course, I know because I read it. But okay. uh, when you're back at home, you know, when you're back in Zimbabwe, it it actually means a lot. 
Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can, I, I, that's not all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you can still buy things, of course, with <clears> a fiat <throat> currency. Um, but what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, no, I, I, the I original it. source is nothing. It's, it's not, yeah, it's nothing. You yet, open sure. up the vault and there's not actually any value. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. So now they introduced these bond notes, uh, into the economy and, uh, all the US dollars that were still circulating in the economy, the, um, how can I say it? They're kind of kind capturing of, them. Yeah, they're kind of capturing them, you know, whereby um, the, they were saying uh, this paper is worth is worth one dollar. <laughs> so the one US dollar that you've got in this paper the is the same value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so ridiculous. So yeah, from there, then events now started happening whereby the people are now saying enough is enough. We have had all of this uh, for all this time and we've been ab absorbing and being quiet, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's time now that we need to unite and, and, and make a change. And we cannot be uh, ruled by a leader who is 93 years old. He, can, he can't barely walk <laughs> by himself, you know. So... The, there were now uh, revolution movements that started, peaceful revolution movements, not um, chaotic or violent uh, revolution movements. So the opposition was also spearheading some uh, revolutionary movements as well as the civil society and the society at large, you know, whereby people were now saying, no, we, we cannot take, take this anymore. I mean, we have suffered uh, for a long time now. And just to make one person or just to make uh, the, the few people on top rich, right. you know, because they were expropriating or sucking all the money and all the blood out of the people yeah. for their success and, 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 and you know, uh, for their own good and their own businesses. So at that stage now, um, the president, the former president, uh, Robert Mugabe, was actually running for the next presidential election, which is still to come in 2018. So can you imagine a 93-year-old <laughs> trying to trying, yeah, trying to compete for uh, an election after all that after all this uh, <laughs> after all this ruthless uh, 37 years? Okay, we cannot say 37 years of of of, of ruling. Uh, the first probably yeah probably we can say about 30 years for 30 years of dictatorship mm -hmm. because in the 80s things were stable and things were normal and people were praising him. But from the 90s going up, it was complete disaster. Mm -hmm. It was complete disaster. So, um, you know, politics in Africa as well, it's, it, it, it comes with quite a lot of um, unexpected uh, turns. So now, within the ruling, part, the ruling party, ZANU-PF, uh, there were now factions. Because there are 
there were people now who are seeing that no, this economy is not going, or this country is not going anywhere. And then the um, wife's president, <coughs> the, the the president's wife, sorry, mm -hmm. the president's wife, the first lady, was now campaigning uh, for her to be elected as the next president. And I think this actually steered quite a lot of <clears throat> controversies and uh, the faction, the factionism within within the party, because uh, she is not a politician. She was trying to be a politician, but she did not know how to be political or to say political statements so that uh, she can gain uh, momentum and, and 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 support. So they, that's when she failed. That's when. Uh, the party the whole, split. Yes, the, the party becomes split and um, the society at large was no longer considering um, President Robert Mugabe as, as, as the president because they could see that now this is now a total failure and disaster, yeah. you know? And um, I think the biggest turning point was uh, when the first lady um, made a statement at one of their um, campaigning rallies that they were having to say that um, the vice president, who is now the president, uh, Emerson Monangagwa, um, that he is try is the one who is causing factionism within within the ruling party, which was which is NPF. So she made a statement that steered all these controversies whereby she said, um, my husband, the president, has power over everyone in this country. And after all, my husband, the president who is here, is the one who employed you as the vice president. So he can fire you even now, you know? Mm -hmm. So after that, the president had to do his speech as well. So after, okay, within his speech, that's when now he also said, I've got the power to fire you. And then I think two days later, that's when the vice president was fired uh, from being a vice president and well, as well as the, 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 the party. Then the, pres the vice president, uh, Emerson Nangago, had to seek a political refugee. I'm not really sure where he went to. Um, this was now 2017, October, November, somewhere there. Then from there, uh, I think just a few days after the vice president was fired, that was, uh, I think, yeah, after about two or three days, then the army now had to intervene because the army was rallying behind uh, the vice president that was fired. And the opposition? The opposition, yeah, we, they, there was now a coalition. Eh? Everybody just had to unite because now uh, the army initiated this move to say we are now removing uh, Robert Mugabe as the president. Because there's now no sort of 
even illusion of a, of a representative government. Yes, 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 so. yes. So now uh, that's when the army moved now to the capital city. Uh, actually, yeah, the army had to take over all of the government uh, buildings. Uh, they had to take over the police as well. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, they were now the ones that were in charge. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, yeah, it was much more of a coup. <laughs> it was much more of a coup, but uh, a peaceful coup. You understand? No, no shots fired. But... Yeah, no, no shots fired. Yeah. But then uh, their their aim was 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 to remove the president. Of course, it was going to be, okay. There were negotiations and all. But that was the main aim, and nothing was going to change, you know? So, yeah, the army was now claiming that, no, it's, it's not a coup, but uh, we, ha- we have to intervene since the defense forces uh, has a right to intervene when there is a need to need for intervention. So that's how the army, the army general uh, intervened, and then they had to uh, secure the president not kidnapped, he wasn't kidnapped, um, he was secured, and then they started having negotiations to say that the people are fed up. This is the honest truth. And the move of firing the uh, vice president was not tolerated at all by like most of the party members and um, the society at large because of... Uh, your wife who is steering things now from behind because this is an old man he's 93 and his wife is i think still in the mid 50s or so mid 50s you know it's creepy <laughs> so she so Ill- illegitimate it, now i mean he's yeah, just yeah, yeah. like a body yeah he's just a body yeah. Mind is, yeah is somewhere yeah yeah that's the thing because what the wife was intending to do now is if the vice president was going to be fired, then she is the one that is going to be elected as uh, the vice president. So she would be so the it, vice it, president. So it was a move. Then. I think it was a political move that was so stupid. Huh? It, it, was, it was a political move that was so stupid of her. You know, because she she was uh, elected as the head of um, the Women's League within ZANU-PF party. So now, if the vice president was fired from his um, duties as the vice president, as well as the vice president of the party, then it means there was a vacant post for the vice president of the party and being the vice president of the party would automatically give you more leverage you know to become the vice president of the country right yeah that, that so by firing the vice president nangagwa uh she was going to go up the ranks and become the vice president of the party and then from there it will be more leverage now to say, okay, we are now imposing you as, <laughs> not yeah. electing you, huh? we are now imposing you as our next vice president, you know? 
This so that, that was a very stupid move that they that they did. This was twenty sixteen. No, this happened like no, yeah, I know, last but, month. But uh, the, in twenty sixteen already there was this uh, move by the first lady to, yes, to yes, start. Yes. That's that's that really reminds me. It's not exactly the same, but uh-huh. it's this. Uh, it's what the Clintons kind kind of if it has that feel. Because, yeah, yeah. Because then this becomes a dynasty. Yeah, if, com- you, if you have a Clinton <laughs> dynasty, if you have a Mugabe dynasty, dynasty because of- it's just uh, again, say what you want. Like Hillary Clinton was in the Senate. She was in. She was in. Uh, she was the. the uh, Secretary of State, but mm-hmm. she's not this politician. Like she's, she doesn't con- connect so much with people. With people, yeah, yeah. And, and she doesn't know what to say. That she she tries to say, oh, maybe they'll like this, but she never gets it right. She it always sounds like she's some other like species yeah. who doesn't really get what people are like because uh, she's lives her life like always up at the top with with Bill Clinton. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just but at least Bill Clinton was kind of you know. At some point, he was charismatic, maybe like Robert Mugabe was back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, like people liked him; he was a person. Yeah, he was, he was a human. True. And then, the, then they have these like really weird first ladies who want to like project power <laughs> later, and really reminds me of it. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, I think it's, it's the same scenario as well in uh, in South Africa, um, currently, but uh, it tends to be the other way. Uh, the current president, uh, Jacob Zuma, the his term was ending. <clears throat> his term is actually ending. I think in twenty eighteen as well, if I'm not mistaken, twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So now they had to elect a new president for the party, and um, he was rallying behind his wife because the wife, um, I think, she was the head of um, the African Union. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, but she's got a higher position, a higher rank in the African Union uh, as a regional organization. So now he was rallying behind uh, his wife so that she can become the party, the party's president. But unfortunately, as events turned out, uh, there were elections within the ANC, uh, the ruling party in South Africa, and then. She unfortunately lost uh, the the election to Cyril Ramaphosa, who is also a vice president of the country. So now uh, he's the elected president of uh, the the party, the ANC party. So yeah, we'll see how things are going to go as well in South Africa. Mm. But yeah, like what you're saying that uh, you know these people are trying to create some dynasties. Yeah, <laughs> we have we have the push family. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's um, power actually corrupts. Absolutely. That's, that's one the, thing that you I know the term absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. So yeah, then um, back to what so, I was yeah. saying. Yeah, because <laughs> because uh, we're we're gonna bring it now to current day. What's going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, uh, so negotiations were now done. Uh, the coup transpired in a peaceful manner. Uh, the whole world was thinking it's a coup or <laughs> expecting worse from it but then it was actually a peaceful coup where uh, the people had to march 
um, citizens of Zimbabwe had to march united uh, despite of their political affiliations and political differences they all had to march against Mugabe and that's when that's how Mugabe got um, uh, got dethroned from from power and automatically now the vice president who was fired came back to to, to the country and then uh, he's automatically he became yes he became the the, the president because the at first you were supposed to retire the uh, Robert Mugabe was supposed to retire but then I think they had to go through an impeachment process uh, whereby they were fought in parliament now to say um, we vote of no confidence, huh? Mm -hmm. Say we don't have confidence in you anymore, so we don't want you. But before the process ended of impeachment and all, um, that's when he sent his resignation letter to say, okay, I've heard you guys, I'm retiring, I'm stepping down. And then is there sort of an immunity, like he's safe? There you go. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he, got, he got, <laughs> yeah, of course, he got, yeah, yeah, he got yeah. immunity and protection. Then now, yeah, uh, the president is now Emerson Nagagwa. I think he was sworn into power um, about three weeks ago. And yeah, the people are rallying behind him. Of course, it's still the same, same old faces within uh, the government. But then just the fact that uh, the detector has gone, people are actually hoping that um is, this is this it really so positive it, it it looks positive um from at an angle but then the, the only people. problem yeah yeah the only the only problem is it's still the same people you know yeah, have you imagined how how <laughs> old he was imagine how many decisions were really being made by him and how many decisions were really being made by the people and they're the same people that's yeah that's that's one tricky 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 part of it but yeah um like i'm saying oh we're actually having elections in 2018 which right. is next year um so people are actually going to decide exactly what they want kind if, of for the first time yeah for the first time uh, so now opposition parties uh, as well as um, the UN and some other bodies around the world are saying now we're supposed to have a free and fair election because previously there was no <clears throat> fairness yeah <laughs> there, there was no fairness within the elections yeah. and all so but um, like I'm speaking now uh, the now elected president Mnangagwa um, He's trying to do some reforms and changes to the old system that was there. Uh, trying to bring back, bring back all the investors. Um, I think I was reading earlier on today that he got something like 200 billion from China. Oh, this is a big opportunity for China. Yeah. Because China loves investing in Africa. Mm, and if this is... A, it is. If this brings some more stability... <clears throat> 
and more progress in a way, then they want a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. True. Yeah, that true, makes a lot true, of sense, true, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got uh, about 200 billion from China uh, for investments. Let's see if that goes down to the, the people, you know. But I, I think probably it will go down because the economy was really, really in shambles. It can only go up. <laughs> yeah, it can only go up. Huh? <laughs> so were you, you were living there uh, in the past years or no? Uh, I wasn't living there. Um, I think I was, yeah, uh, I haven't, I actually went to Zimbabwe um, just a week before I came <laughs> here mm. to Europe. So I was living in South Africa mm. for for the past four years. Okay. So yeah, that's why. Uh, so you haven't been the, in it. Yeah, I haven't been in it. Huh? I, I I actually experienced part of it for just a week, you yeah. know. And then you grew up in that. And the, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, those are the political dispensations, yeah. and uh, so I hope I'm, to give you a much more detailed uh, analysis of 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 the politics, uh, probably. Um, Maybe in the coming coming year, yeah, yeah, in January, yeah, probably much more detailed now analysis of yeah, we'll do another the, episode. The policies, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, think it would be, be much more interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah, it's a really good episode, and uh, thank you for yeah. being on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs>